Welcome to The Floor Fantasy and Sci-Fi Lore. We are still in Dune. This is another re-release, one of our early episodes on the Butlerian Jihad. In it, we are going to talk about Julia Butler. This is the in-world naming of the Butlerian Jihad. If you listen to our episode on Erwin, that is why uh, Frank Herbert called it the Butlerian Jihad based on the works of Samuel Butler. But within the world of Dune, there is a leader who fights against the machines named Julia Butler. And it is in Dune that they name her and the war after her as the Butlerian Jihad. We'll also talk about the Zintuni, uh, a people who did not pick a side within uh, the Butlerian Jihad. They didn't side with the machines or with the people and were hunted and enslaved after. And they end up uh, running from planet to planet, seeking a place where no one will hunt them anymore. And while there isn't a direct statement saying these will become the Fremen, it very much looks like that's kind of the line that is drawn there. Uh, we see them moving, and it is only when they find the very uninhabitable, unwanted dune that they are no longer hunted and enslaved for their decisions in the Butlerian Bihad. All of that is in the episode. If that is what you're looking for, this is the episode for you. Roll the intro. Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding? It drove you to break the rules and stay up all night to keep reading, keep watching, keep playing. So good, you forgot your life and lived there. So good, the moment it ended, you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on the topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world, another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. All right. We are back with the second part of our Butlerian Jihad episode, going deeper into this aspect uh, of Dune history and backstory. So as we mentioned, uh, Frank Herbert uh, wrote Dune with the the reference to the events of the Butlerian Jihad. And then, of course, from that then comes the Dune Encyclopedia. We get a little bit more information on it. But then his son, Brian Herbert, went on to write uh, several books on the topic of the Butlerian Jihad. And there are a few contradictions between uh, the original references in Frank's uh, books and, and the full-blown details in, in uh, the creations by his son, Brian. We talked about the birth of the guild, and of course we covered in very de- big detail what exactly that means, so sort of the three parts of manufacturing, government, and transportation coming together to form this kind of powerful unity. Uh, we call them the four pillars. So, I, I, the three, right? Manufacturing, transportation, and government. But then chrome, or chome. Right, chome manufacturing, that's right. Oh, right, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then we talked about, uh, of course, uh, laser... Uh, weapons versus the uh, the Holtzman shields. We did mention oh, House, oh. Har- the House Harkonnen a little bit, the family that is currently ruling Dune when it starts. Yeah, so we talked about, uh, you know, uh, essentially with the Butlerian Jihad, you have the end of calculators. You cannot even have a calculator 
to take with you. So, yeah. So when a guy says, "Oh, I have done my calculations," he's done his calculations. (laughs) My hand on a piece of paper. This 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 just adds a whole new meaning to show your work. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they show their work by performing. Right, because because if it fails, then then their their calculations were wrong. It doesn't matter if they show their work. Showing the work is is doing the work. Uh, Eli, why don't you take us deeper into the Balearian Jihad? All right. So I wanted to start out with saying that uh, if it's not already apparent, this is not a war of uh, should populations be controlled but a war of who should control them. Yeah. And uh, so the Bene Gesserit, they are the ones who, you know, wage wage this holy war. I kind of like this phrase, uh, uh, this is a war between people deciding if they're going to be ruled by the old gods or the new. Yeah. Um, Back up for a second. Old gods being the Terminators or... (laughs) No, no. But so the, the old gods would be the Bene Gesserit because they're the ones who've been in control for a long time. And then those controlling the machines are trying to take more power. And the Bene Gesserit then declare a holy war on machines because of this. And then, and then, okay, that makes sense. So uh, in, uh, in Brian's um, Butlerian Jihad, uh, what is happening is, so there there was an empire, it's unified, um, and the Shuans had become very uh, lazy, and they didn't really want to control things, so they were letting uh, these uh, programmers create machines that would help run everything in the empire, and giving them pretty much full control over many, many planets. Um and and so the majority of this uh, interstellar empire was controlled by machines that were controlled by people. So a collection of them get together and they name themselves this uh, uh, Greek pantheon uh, uh, order, and they take names by that. And and they start to say, "Hey, this is our empire now," and that's kind of where that war starts. And uh, uh, he. He takes the word Butlerian and names it after a Bene Gesserit woman who uh, is a martyr against, because they have like uh, an early tiff and then come to a balance. And then, so she is a first martyr and her name's uh, Julia Butler. So, that's where the term Butlerian Jihad comes from. Wait, so uh, she she worked for the church or whatever, the Bene Gesserit, yeah, yeah. Because she she wanted to splinter off from them, just right. because she wanted to become part of the uh, Butlerian Jihad. Prior. So so was she on the side of the machines or? No, she's against the machines. She's against okay. the machines. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think she's from like a pretty much a luddite planet. Ah. Uh. Um, that that would produce goods for this other planet. So you know, she she's basically an Amish woman who will get on ships with her other pioneer, breaking the trail kind of people. You know, settlers of a new planet, right? 
get so a wait. special person. Can we back up for a second? Yeah. You said Amish person gets on spaceship. Yep, I did. Uh, All right. Well, I guess I guess that's a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> because of how many planets they seeded and and these uh, different uh, religious uh, uh, inspirations, right? Some are uh, high tech, and some of them they they decide, oh, if, if we're gonna brandish this new planet, we need to go old school style and shun tech because that's not gonna that that's gonna be too difficult as a, a fresh colony right so they get to the old ways they and 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 they have a religious pious kind of following so some kind of kind of like the the puritans right that yeah you gotta, you gotta take the modern technology of the ship across to america but then you can get back to the old really hard religious ways you know, and then uh-huh. so that that very much, you know, Julia Butler leading her people be like, technology is terrible and rampant, but we do need it to get to the new planet where there is no technology. So yeah, yeah. Now, uh, in in Brian's story, eventually they uh, the people who uh, these uh, titans, uh, the people who are, uh, you know, being like, we're going to take over everything naming themselves after Greek gods. Um, called These are the programmers. They're like, I'm Zeus, yeah. and I'm going to tell yeah. my robot to eat your planet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and uh, so they have a tip, and now they have it where there are some planets where humans are enslaved robots, and uh, the Empire and the Titans come to a certain small agreement um but the titans uh they start going ham on their ai and they create one oh, what's his name omas omas i think his name's omas okay and he's a super powerful ai and they give him a little bit too much power and then he recreates himself uh called omas 2 who is able to uh copy his uh, intelligence into every machine he has access to. Wait, so what you're saying that the the uh, Age of Ultron movie from the Marvel Universe just came straight from that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Marvel's just like, what are we going to do? Be like, I just read Dune. I got an idea. <laughs> so yeah, he, he reproduces himself and, and, and so that's where like, like the Butlerian Jihad really kicks off. Yeah. Um, See, he, he's Skynet, right? <laughs> yeah. He is Skynet. This is Skynet. Just when I'm pretty sure he goes by Mr. Skynet, Joe. Don't be rude. So, but again, you know, then you had, uh, what is it? Uh, James Cameron. He's like, I also read Dune. I'll make Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Battlestar Galactica as well. Yes. Battlestar Galactica as well. Although I think. The very first Battlestar Galactic comes out in the 1970s, so they really beat everybody else to it, except except Herbert's, right? <laughs> right, right. Her- Herbert was ahead of his curve. He was. Yeah, so Herbert was the first who said, "What if the machines rise up?" <laughs> and he uh-huh. says, "But, but that's that's not the story I want to tell you. I want to tell you what happens after." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if this insanely cool thing that's never been thought of happens? 
Yeah, and then what? Well, it already happened. So, anyways, after that, <laughs> and then like what? Three other like major creators are all like, "Wait, tell us about the machine rising." And we get Battlestar Galactica, Terminator, and the Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah. I did like Vision though, so it's worth it. Uh, I do want to go back and do a correction of ourselves. Okay, so uh, last time we were talking about the difference between now and uh, how far the Butlerian Jihad is to the beginning of Dune. So I went and crunched some numbers. It's about 4,000 years from the Butlerian Jihad to uh, uh, the beginning of Dune. So for us... That puts us in the year 3000 to 2000 BC. Right. So uh, uh, this time period is the very end of the Bronze Age. So just to give us kind of a reference of like how far humanity has moved, uh, the end of the Bronze Age walks into the Iron Age. So there's a new metallurgy at the end of it that will change. But... um. Uh, we were seeing cavemen, and cavemen is like 2.5 million to 10,000 BC. Uh, so, so that's a little off for our time period. Um, what was going on during well, thousand Eli, if you mm-hmm. want to be loose with definitions, there were a lot of tribes and cultures that did live in caves. Um, <laughs> even not as long ago as that, like, I know that down in like Southern, uh, Americas that that you know they lived in the side of mountains and stuff because it was easy convenient they just you know build clay structures so I mean technically maybe that's what you meant when you said cavemen. <laughs> so uh, Aaron, uh, you were correct last time you interrupted me. You you were like so it was like Egyptian times and 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 we laughed because we were saying cavemen, but you were right. Uh, this is during Egyptian times. Egypt is a major power during this century. Um, we have chariots, uh, and uh, India's discovered diamond drill bits. Um, so just to give us a reference of like where we were at on that, I wanted to give us. A- oh, oh, you mean like the the so, gap? Yeah. So ancient yeah. Egypt to us now is the Balearian Jihad to where Dune starts. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's not that long. Yeah, just massive transformation. I mean, actually, I feel like COVID <laughs> lasted longer than that. I mean, we didn't even have the scientific method. We haven't even started doing real science yet. Yeah, uh-huh. we didn't have penicillin. Uh, we didn't have. Yeah, like it, it was. It was like that snake bit me, and then I ate this rock, and I'm alive. Be like, it's a magic rock. Everyone has to eat it. Like, or the snake really wears venomous. Like <laughs> nobody thought of that one. <laughs> But yeah, no, you're right. That's they they had some weird things back in the day. Some of them were actually kind of right though. Most of them were not. <laughs> like there was like one percent of truth in the ninety nine percent not truth. You know, like put this mud on it to heal it. It's like, well, yes, you want to cover the wound, but maybe not with that. That yeah. So I wanted to cover a little bit of what uh the Brian's Butlerian Jihad looked like there um should we do that after the break or do you want to tell us kind of what we're going to be diving into no let's just hit a break and we will jump back into it unless you need some 
some little cliffers. Um, no, uh, let's oh. go ahead and hit the break, and then uh, we'll come back and dive into uh, Brian's detailing of the Butlerian Jihad. All right. So we talked about some of the early events that are relevant to the Butlerian Jihad. We had a uh, member of the Bene Gesserit who led a kind of splinter faction that was anti-technology before the Butlerian Jihad. And this was led by Julia Butler, who was, uh, like, as Eli put it, kind of, a, you know, a Luddite, very much kind of the Amish approach to technology at the time, right before the Butlerian Jihad. And then we have, was it Omnes? Was the name? Omnes. Omnes. Who? So Omnius is a AI and and the machine who recreates himself as Omnius 2. And at this point, this is Skynet, right? This is the machine that is now independent of his creators and and growing and and beginning to do his thing. And uh, so that is kind of where we're at, right? We have these two very extreme points uh, existing in the in the world of Dune, and they are probably going to clash, I imagine, right, Eli? Uh, yeah, so I wanted to, uh, just, uh, finish up, uh, Brian's story and then get more into some, uh, philosophical things, uh, okay. about it. Uh, so, uh, we'd talk about the, the power vacuum, right, that happens after this, uh, war. Yes. Um, and, uh, one of the things, uh, in Brian's, uh, story is... Uh, there is a Muslim sect that once this uh, war kicks off, they were like, uh, we're just going to go seed new planets. This doesn't seem like our war. It feels like... Uh, can... That that actually uh, sounds like the best course of action, just because like it sounds like everyone's going to be killing each other. We're going to be the contingency plan. We're going to try and make sure not... All humanity is dead, so we're going to go do something productive. Yeah. They're like, you know, we don't really believe in the Bene Gesserit. We're not really followers of Omnius too. We're just kind of our own thing. We want to go off and do our own thing. <laughs> so the the humans that unite and, and fight this war and win this war looked at them as traitors. Oh. And they hunt them down and they enslave them and use them as the working force that the robots used to be used for. Wait, so back up. So these people are like, hey, we just want to do our own thing. We're fine with you doing whatever you want. Uh, we just don't want to be a part of it because we don't really agree or disagree with either of you. We think you're both dumb. But we respect your decision to do your dumb stuff. And then the humans were like, you know what? You didn't that help us like kill a- those robots. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like we have to go to war with you. You literally... Gave us no other choice, not one single other choice besides enslaving you. I see no oil on your hands. <laughs> I feel like that's a big leap, guys. <laughs> so, uh, are you like are are these people those who could become the Fremen? Um, I, I don't have exactly who it is. I I wonder if they are, but I don't know. Okay. Ah. Uh, just not deep enough yet. Not, not deep enough yet. Let's take a let's take let's take a genuine pause. Um, all right, so we've dived deep into the Fremen here, um, and so there's not a clear connection between these Islamic people 
and uh, the Fremen. However, we do know from the history of the Fremen, um, they were they they were originally the Zinsuni wanderers, and the Zinsuni were a branch of the Sunni of Islam. So we still have that Islamic connection there. And the Zinsuni were hunted by imperial raiders for the purpose of enslavement. And they moved from planet to planet until they finally arrived on Arrakis. And I guess Arrakis was just so miserable that they didn't want to bother hunting them there. And so that's where they end up settling as the Fremen. Now, there's a lot of pieces of the oral history. And so, like, the dots line up, but at no point does anywhere in, in the lore does it say, yes, these Muslim people who didn't want to take place in the Butlerian Jihad are the ancestors of the Fremen. So we never have that clear, definitive connection, but the dots do all line up. I really hope it does. It's so poetic. <laughs> who are the Fremen again? The Fremen are the, I guess, the closest we have to the natives of Arrakis. They are the people that have lived there long, and they are the people who really live on Arrakis. Right. Oh, so yeah, they're like, they're tough as nails. Yeah, they're tough as nails. Yes. But like nails that uh, don't get rusty. But they're also the only ones who like can solely live off of Arrakis without any assistance. Yeah. That, so they, they're really the, uh, what, what were we talking about before? The, uh, that Amish person or whatever. <laughs> yes, they are the Amish of Arrakis. There's the true Amish. <laughs> the one true Amish. They're the spice Amish. Um, guys, the Amish of Arrakis. Very good name. <laughs> Just say. Well, but I mean, they're not, an- the, the Fremen aren't anti-technology. Like, they use a lot of very Dune-specific technology. But, like, we did mention before that, like, the noble houses of Harkonnen and Atreides that rule over Arrakis, that farm the spice, these people don't really live on Arrakis. They have water and all kinds of commodities brought in to the planet to make it feel more like a very habitable place, whereas the Fremen, like, they live there, and it is a brutal place to live. Mm -hmm. Found a way to exist among the giant worms, and, like, they have to wear, like, these special suits that, like, every drop of sweat that comes out of them, every ounce of moisture they breathe out is captured and converted including your waste yeah it it converted back into drinkable water as much as possible right when you say waste you mean like if someone throws like a candy wrapper out or something like that yeah definitely plastic (laughs) out of the candy wrapper that's what i'm talking about yeah well and at one point in dune there is a duel between two characters and one of them is killed and they take the dead body and render it down for its water Right. Yep. So, do you guys remember uh, when we were talking about lizard folk at GNT? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing some similarities here. So, but yeah, I think I think that the the phrase is is like that. Uh, the spoils go to the victor, but the water belongs to the tribe. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so- no, yeah, that's that's literally like the phrase, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. how they live on Arrakis. Yeah, I still think the Amish of Arrakis is just a really cool name. I like it too. Mm-hmm. Even though Joe ruined it, kind of. <laughs> so, but yeah, so so yeah, I do. You know, for me, in my head, that is the mythology, right? That there was this this group of Muslim people who did not believe in either side of this Balearian Jihad. And then they were hunted down and enslaved for it, and they became these wanderers, moving from planet to planet to escape enslavement until they end up on Arrakis. And 
Of course, that will then eventually flip the tables, but we don't want to go too deep into that until... Oh, the- uh, you ruined the whole movie for me. Ruined the whole movie for <laughs> I don't expect those going to happen. All right. Um, Joe, you had mentioned uh, uh, who did uh, Brian Herbert write his books alongside. His name was uh, Kevin J. Anderson. Um, and and he he was known for writing spinoffs of certain uh, uh, sci-fi pop culture stories. So he did spinoffs of Star Wars, Starcraft, Titan A, and X Files. Oh wow! And of course, he also did Dune with uh, Brian Herbert. Some uh, I wanted to cover earlier. We were talking about the. Uh, Laser guns versus the Holtzman shields. Yes. Um, and how they kind of were just retro tech because, like, if they knew about, like, even Bluetooth or drones or our satellite capabilities, understanding that you could remote things from extremely far away, it would have crippled shields entirely. You just send a drone in. Be like, I dare you to put on a shield. <laughs> That's true. That is like, true. Wow. Yeah. I'd be like, I dare you put on your shield. I will shoot you with a laser and nuke you. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You just turned yourself into the bomb. I don't even have to make it and send it. You did that for you. Uh-huh. Did that for you. <laughs> Thank you. What and, about uh, those things, those EM, EMPs? Um, EMPs, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that cause some uh, disturbances in the forest if you just let one of those go off in, a, in an area where everyone had shields? Well, uh... EMPs are, are known for uh, penetrating uh, most things and uh, frying electronics. Um, and, and I would say, like, you know, Herbert, he had this idea, and uh, this was before, like, this is when we were learning that microwaves were a bad idea for radio telecommunication because um, it would fry the device. Um so like like he was guessing on right this is the retro tech yeah yeah definitely and that's what i'm trying to get at there um did that answer your question aaron so emps would work against shields or no yeah yeah and 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 most people use emps as as what he was trying to think of like you know he's trying to make a strange surreal world but he was trying to think of something that was enabling such a thing. Yes, EMPs, I think, would work, except for, I don't know if EMPs actually exist in Dune. So. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. You're saying Bluetooth doesn't exist either, so it's just right. a lot of those things that actually would be beneficial wouldn't work, but they have really cool technology that well, really work in one way, right? And I and I think um, it kind of comes down to, uh, was it, we were watching, I think I was watching Solo, the, the Star Wars movie, and at oh, yeah. one point, uh, they, they were pulling out blasters and shooting each other. And uh, I made the comment, be like, you can't kill anyone in Star Wars with a blaster. It's always got to come down to the melee, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, in Star Wars, this always seems a little ridiculous to me, right? Like, you can shoot a stormtrooper in full armor with a blaster and he dies, but any main character can never be hurt with a blaster, right? Right. But, but Herbert created a world where the technology exists in such a way that you really can't kill anyone with a blaster, right? You have to go to melee. And right. in the world, all that technology lines up and it makes perfect sense. Be like, yeah, like the laser will create the nuke, so you'll destroy yourself. 
and a ballistic won't work. You really do have to go melee and, and it, to create these epic fight scenes. It's almost like Star Wars took a lot from June, but not that realism or like the the action like come back in and it's like wow that's really cool wow he got it all explained we'll do that <laughs> and, and then he left out this key piece and be like this like, is yeah, why but there's shields this is why dune comes down to melee why does star wars come down to melee because you want it to right because why? dune like because dune yeah <laughs> and i think this is like the important in uh storytelling of uh having what some people call the bible being like this is what this does and this is not what this does like putting the rules down first yeah and then writing the story rather than being like oh that's so cool that they got down to the melee and that's the epic fight oh i'm gonna put that in my story without the why you know yeah there's a lot of nerd like this is this is nerd just like bibles guys and if you don't write a good like reasoning nerds will get upset or just confused uh, or you'll have hardcore fans who will just love it blindly like my roommate who loves star wars actually to be fair i like star wars too but you can have anything ridiculous and over the top happen but if it starts to break its own rules that's when when the uh what is that the veil of disbelief suspension yeah. of disbelief exactly that's what breaks that as long as the rules are there you can do it. This trope. What are we uh, talking about next time, Eli? Uh, I think this is going to wrap up the Butlerian Jihad. I I mean, we could go into this and that and there. But it, uh, it, you know, if you want the, the all the details, you can read the book. We're not we're not here to do that. We're here to explore the pieces that are going to help you appreciate the movie when it comes out and, and everything. Um. Just all I'm going to say about where this Butlerian Jihad goes is uh, eventually uh, the destruction of the machines throws Dune into the Dark Ages, which is why uh, over the Dune saga, it's very important that the Empire is unified to avoid these Dark Ages again. They're, they're afraid that that's something that could destroy the human race. And that's and... why the Bene Gesserit are such a good and healthy part of society. Well, like, 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 they really do play two sides of this coin throughout this saga, right? It's an epic saga, and they do float in between. And Dune doesn't have good guys and bad guys; it has people who are heroes of their own story, or yep. villains of somebody else's. Um, All right, we'll see you guys next time. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We have mentioned in the past that if you go to the Patreon page. We have collections of all the different worlds and pieces of lore we have covered. For example, if you want everything we have ever done about Baldur's Gate, from the invention of D&D to Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, Dark Alliance, all of that, you can find individual collections for all of those, or just one big collection containing all of Baldur's Gate or all of D&D. So everything we have covered, everything we have covered, Eberron, Marvel, DC, Alien Zooniverse, Cyberpunk, Dune, and more. We have collections for each of those worlds. And I do want to mention that on the Patreon, the only thing behind the subscription is the Treasure Room content. Anything that has been released in the podcast for free is still free there. It is just a better organization of the information that the podcast app doesn't let us do. They are just a big list and you just got to type in your search words. On the Patreon, there are tags for everything. 
You got fantasy, D&D, creature features, Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, Dark Alliance, all of that. Just an individual tag for those episodes. And as I said, we do have collections just to make this as easy as possible to find what you're looking for. We have learned in the past that a lot of people who listen to the floor, they're interested in one or two of the worlds. And they may check out one or two of the episodes when we switch worlds. But they're really just mostly interested in that. So we just want to like consolidate everything you're looking for to make it just as easy as possible to access. So check that out just to make your life easier. And uh, we are working at making sure you can download any of the free episodes there. So even if you're going to lose Wi-Fi or connection, you can get the episodes you want before that happens. Or just not burn your data while you're traveling to and from work or whatever else is you do while you listen. And uh, thank you. I hope you continue to enjoy the show.